a ninja? More like a ninja. Terrible what passes for a ninja these days. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank Great. you for asking. Great. What are what are we doing today, Camden? I think we're talking about speed racing. I think you're absolutely right. Woohoo! Uh, fair warning in advance. I'm pretty sure this might be the most explicit podcast in terms of language, because I'm gonna be swearing up a storm. Because it's not really in keeping with the spirit of speed racer. Well, which true. only had one. Did swear. it? Swear. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, so good. Get that weak shit off my track. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is Any speed racer PG? I think so. They must have been allowed one. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, in case you guys didn't know, today we are doing our seventh episode for Grumpy Octopus Presents, which ask you watch, Speed Racer. Phew, phew. It's a good one. Thank you. And Do you like my car noises? <laughs> yes. And a return to actual directing. Yes. In yes. our list of movies. Yes, unlike V. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still an adaptation. That's yes. right. This uh, this comes from a 60s cartoon, a Japanese anime, that they uh, they very quickly did a, a quick turnaround and dubbed into English. So, it's awesome. I'm trying to contain my excitement right now. I have never seen it. You haven't? No. Uh, I've only seen like a couple episodes when I was a kid, but they're really great. <laughs> they're super cheesy. Um, I'll be sure to link up the original like opening theme, both the Japanese version and the American version, because they're inspiring and majestic, just like the this theme. movie. The theme is great. If the theme doesn't get you pumped, I don't know what will. Probably a lot of things, actually. It is, it is the epitome of 60s cheese. But hey. Anyway, um, do you want me to start this off by asking the, the general question mm-hmm. that I always ask. Uh, when did you first see this film, Camden? And what were your initial thoughts? I saw Speed Racer uh, like the three or four four years ago, mm. I believe. So, 2014, I think. Really? Yeah, that sounds right. Had you never... Wait, did I show it to you? Yes, you <gasps> did. I didn't know that. I thought you'd already seen it. So, no, I had never seen oh Speed my Racer. God, mind blown. And then uh, we watched Speed Racer in a large group of people, yes. I believe, which is a good setting for Speed Racer, in my opinion. Yes. And yes, I really enjoyed it. I think I probably enjoy it more now that I've seen it a few times, but I definitely really enjoyed it the first time as well. I think I probably thought I wasn't sure that everything worked. At this point, I'm pretty okay with everything, mm-hmm. but yeah, I was a fan. You were a fan. Mm-hmm. Good on you. You saw it before me. You I saw did. It a while I s- ago. I saw it in theaters when it came out, actually. 2008? Yeah, I think this is the first time I've been able to say I saw a Wachowski movie in theaters for this podcast so far. Um, yeah, I watched a couple of the original cartoon episodes, obviously the ones dubbed in English when I was little. Um, when I found out that they were doing a movie on it, I was like, oh, this is so exciting. And I watched the trailer like obsessively. It is still like one of my favorite trailers. 
I was just whew. It's a good trailer. It's a good trailer. I will also link that one up in the show notes. But I don't think I saw that until yesterday. Really? That's because I before, showed it yeah. to you because I was so excited. Um, yeah, so I saw the trailer a lot and I I was very excited. And then I remember reading up on it in the newspaper. They did a like a. I think an interview with a cast or just a general article where they're like, yeah, it was really weird because, you know, it was all green screen. I was like, oh, my God, that's revolutionary. Like, you, you were still getting a lot of uh, sets in 2008, and and the CGI and green screen was becoming, you know, more prominent. But mm-hmm. for this one, I, I, like, couldn't wrap my head around it. I'm like, so they're, when they're sitting at the dining room table, all that's there is the table. I'm like, that's crazy. So uh, I was very hyped to go into this movie. I took my mother to go see it. Or rather, she took me, because I was a small child. That's not true. I think I was in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or middle school, high school. But um, we watched it, and I remember seeing high it. School. Thank you. <laughs> I can't do the math on that, apparently. Um, but we watched it, and I remember thinking, oh, this is this is a lot of color. And then I remember the movie ending being like, this was, okay. was alright. And my mom enjoyed it, and she grew up more with the cartoon than any of the episodes I'd seen. She'd obviously seen more. She's like, yeah, that was that was fun. And then there's like this tidal wave of media being like, oh, it's just an explosion of color and it's terrible and it's bombing at the box office and everybody hates it. And mm-hmm. I was like, I have no memory of ever hating this movie, but I don't think I ever loved it as much until I rewatched it again in college. Yeah, I and remember. And like, to quote John Goodman, the second time I watched this movie, something just clicked. And I was like... <laughs> this is the most pumped for a movie I've ever been in my life. Like, if the last, like, 40 minutes of this movie don't get you super stoked, I'm pretty sure you don't have a pulse. But that's just me. Um, I think it helps to watch it with people who really who like it. already like it. It if you guys, puts you in a receptive mood. If you guys want to show your friends or haven't seen it, invite me over. I'll watch it. I will be or the just, hype man for this movie. Just assume you will like it. Yes. And you'll all just act like you already like it. Exactly. Which is a great strategy for any movie. It's true. I I think that I remember seeing a review, probably in the local paper, mm-hmm. of it that was bad, and that was all I really thought about it. Yeah. And then I remember that Time Magazine put it in their best movies of the year list, <gasps> which was pretty Time was crazy. Time something. Yeah. Um, because honestly, they usually have awful opinions. Oh. When it comes to that sort of thing. <laughs> okay. No, their lists, their lists are not very good. Really? Uh, but for some reason, some maverick that year Ooh. threw in Speed Racer. And since they normally had bad lists, I just thought, well, this is more confirmation oh they had a gosh. bad list because I heard this movie is bad. Counterintuitive. I listened to, I listened to what they were saying. I shouldn't have done it. Same. But now I, love I know that that yeah. person was a genius. Mm. And they were right. And now if you go to google and just search oh my gosh any comment on this if uh, all the links that i will share which are mainly videos if you just look at the youtube comments which is by the way a very scary thing to do in general in life with the uh scary trolls and social they're media pretty presence. positive on this um i'm pretty sure this is like one of the most positive things i've seen everybody's like not everybody but a big majority of the people are oh my gosh, I love this movie. Why is it so underrated? Why didn't this movie do better? I wish there was a sequel. Like There's a lot of think pieces out there yeah. now, too. Uh, I believe the main reason it didn't do well is probably because it came out the same time as Iron Man, if I'm remembering and correctly. And Dark Knight. Yeah. Yes. Same year. I think it was the same week as Iron Man. Though. Was it? Yes. Oh, yeah, that would do it, for sure. 
And, you know, people didn't initially think that would be good necessarily, but once they heard it was, they all went to see it instead of Speed Racer. Right. And plus the reviews with Speed Racer yeah, when they actually came help. in did not help, I don't think. I don't know how much that hurts That hurts movies, honestly. I'm sure someone does. Yeah. But didn't help Speed Racer. No, it didn't Seeing the trailer, I see that they did pretty uh, upfront advertise it as being from the Matrix people. Yes, uh, and I think I'm that gets sure them in trouble sometimes, because I think they... Um, well, I don't know if that worked or not. Uh, people liked V for Vendetta, and they advertised that very similarly. True. But people might have been burned enough by the Matrix that they didn't actually like that. Well, I also feel like when you you advertise with the from the creators of the Matrix, when it gets advertised onto V for Vendetta, it makes more sense than to get it advertised in terms of like content and theme. Yeah. I mean, the theme is actually pretty similar, but the visual style and the story itself is different. It's it's very, I mean, it's candy-colored craziness with very, like, extremely sincere... It's like a cartoon, a live-action cartoon that demands to be taken seriously. Yes. And I've heard some people suggest that Speed Racer is too complicated or convoluted for kids, but not mature enough for adults. That's interesting. I think that it's not actually that hard to understand, and certainly even if you don't get all the little details of the conspiracies that are yeah. happening, uh, the obviously the main thrust of it is very straightforward. It's just in each situation I want speed to win the race. Yeah. So I think the kids can probably handle that. Yeah. I think this is definitely the most like kid-friendly movie they've ever created. Yeah. And you even get, which is problematic for some people just because they don't like them as characters, but you get Chim Chim and, and Spritel. Yes. Which is uh, Speed's little brother and his pet chimpanzee. Which is a bold thing to put into a movie that you want to be good. Yes. Monkeys don't do well in movies, guys. But also, I heard some claims about uh, animal abuse on this one from the trainer. Really? Yeah. I never read about that, so I'm going to say no comment comment and pass on that one. Yeah. I will say that he seems to be a very good monkey actor. Mm, There are two of them. Oh, well, there you go. They usually do that, though, I feel like. Yeah. But, anywho, it's it's funny because people are like, this movie is ridiculous. They put a monkey in it with a little kid, and they're like the sidekick characters and their best friends, and the monkey is wearing human pajamas, and the kid is wearing (laughs) monkey pajamas. It's great. I think it's really the but only part. But it's funny because they're like, this is insane. You're like, this is directly from the cartoon. This is from the source material. This isn't something that they made up. Yeah, I think that's really the only part that um, might not work completely. Yeah. And I mostly am fine with it, but everything else in the movie, I would uh, leap to defend more mm. quickly. I do, I remember, do you distinctly remember the first time I watched this in theaters? kind of wincing and getting secondhand embarrassment with Sprite and Chim Chim. Because, like, when they're, when they're breaking into Royalton and going on their sugar candy rush. I like that part, actually. I, that part was, like, kind of slightly uncomfortable. And then sometimes when they do, like, their kung fu stuff in the beginning <laughs> for breakfast. I like Like, that. it's very silly, and it, it it's fun because it kind of, you know, it, it is brought up again later in the other fight scene, which makes it funny, but it's also I can understand people just being like, Oh, they are really going for it with the with well, the kid actor and the and the Yes. And the I monkey. think that moment where 
they break into the uh, facility. Mm. It's really the only part where it seems like the movie is briefly stopping to focus on them. Mm-hmm. Every other part, they're just sort of along for the ride, so I, it doesn't really take me out of it or anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, I agree. how should we tackle this this one? Oh boy. Well, I guess we could we could go through and do the <laughs> the general plot. It's pretty um, straightforward, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you have a Speed Racer. This is great. So Speed Racer <laughs> likes to race cars fast. The son of He's Pops Racer. Yes, Pop. Mom. It's like Mom and Pop Racer. She's <laughs> played by, and I wrote this down about a million times. I think. Let me see. I said John Goodman is a fucking treasure and should be cherished as such. And then I think I also said. <laughs> Oh gosh, I think it, John Goodman is the greatest damn person. He's really good with the line de- delivery of the Wachowski scripts, which is not always easy to yes. do when you have something that sincere. He manages to like make it sincere without it being super cheesy. And by the way, this movie is incredibly cheesy, incredibly so. Like it's so sincere and it serious. Is, uh, and if you hate cheese, this movie is not for you. There's only all. one line that I thought was almost too much for John Goodman. Mm. Which was when he uh, is talking about speed mm. to Royalton, yeah. our villain. And he says that speed is the thing, or his children are the thing, that he's most proud of in life, except for marrying his best friend. I think that works. And it's just so wholesome. I know, it's great. Also, he looks like Mario in this movie. He does. Which it's me, Mario. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's great. But um, so John Goodman is Pop's racer, and Susan Sarandon is mom. Yes. And then you have uh, Emile Hirsch as Speed, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have the lovely Christina Ricci as Trixie, who I love. But you also do get a lot of uh, people who are going to be, as I like to call, future Wachowski players. I mean, Susan Sarandon, I totally forgot. She's yes, in Cloud she's Atlas. she's in Cloud Atlas. Uh, the guy who plays Sparky is going to be in Jupiter Ascending, and he's also in, in Sense8. Sense8. Um, His you name have is Kick Gurry. Yes. Which is that. a great name, by yes. the way. And then you have um, Roger Allman, who was the bag, one of the baddies in Viva Vendetta. Yes. And then uh, a couple, and the announcer, one of the announcers in the final race, is also the media guy in Viva Vendetta. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there's more. I didn't, I didn't catch all of them. Those are the main ones. Those are the main ones. But it's great because they, they just show up in all these different. Oh, there's a guy that's in Sensate. Uh, he's. He's Wolfgang's cousin. Oh, yeah. And he's one of the racers. He's the snake oiler guy, mm-hmm. which is great. Anyway, sorry. So I think, you know, they, there's a few people, mm-hmm. uh, mainly um, Roger Alam from V Vendetta, mm-hmm. that they pulled into this one. Yeah. But mainly it's just a lot of people they obviously enjoyed working with yeah. and wanted to work with again for yeah. the first time on this one. So I think they probably enjoyed making Speed Racer a lot. I think so. I've heard the cast was really excited about the possibility of a sequel, but didn't happen obviously because it, it was not. a box office bomb but it is one of those things where later they're just like actually this is really underrated and it's kind of mm. become a cult classic which is great for all those crazy fans out there like myself but anyway yeah so you have speed racer grows up in a family of racers his dad uh builds race cars for a living it's like a family business a mm. wholesome you know family business very wholesome very wholesome can't stress that enough um <laughs> his mom makes pancakes it's great <laughs> Um, <laughs> pancakes are love. <laughs> anyway, um, so he is racing. He's winning all these races, and people are wondering, 
you know, what sponsor he's going to sign with. One of the majors. Yeah, one of the major sponsors <laughs> to try and get him, you know, just kind of catapulted to that next level. And so um, the family has a dark past where his older brother, Rex Racer, um, kind of did the same thing where he uh, ended up not, I don't think he ended up signing with the family and kind of became like a dirty race car driver yeah. and then died in an explosion at this really, really kind of underground CD race called the Crucible. Mm-hmm. And um, they're kind of, Speed is kind of going down the same path and is uh, made an offer by Royalton, our bad guy in purple. And very royal. Okay. Very royal of him. Oh, nice. um, and he is making an offer to Speed to sign a contract with them. And Speed turns it down, and then Royalton reveals that, hey, you're the sport that you love after you made that nice speech about, you know, <laughs> racing is like a religion in your family. Well, it doesn't matter because racing's not about drivers or cars. It is strictly about business and making money. It's all fixed. It's all fixed. Everything's fixed, and it's all about stock prices and companies and corporations and commercialism none of it is real none of it is real um and so it kind of becomes an underdog story of speed going up against this big corporation and trying to change racing that's pretty much it It. he does it by the way he does it (laughs) knocks it out of the fucking park grand prix he does um but it's great because People complain about the movie when it first came out. I've heard complaints where um, when it first came out, they're like, these visuals are insane. Mm-hmm. It's too bright. It's too colorful. And the story is paper thin. The characters are not that great. It's just god-awful. And then later down the line, I've heard people say, I actually really like this movie. I don't understand why it didn't do so well. But the CGI is terrible. And when I hear people say the, the CGI is terrible, what I'm hearing is... The CGI is bad because it doesn't look real. Mm-hmm. And my counterpoint just specifically for this movie is it's not supposed to look real. It's supposed to look like a cartoon. And they're very upfront about it. It's not supposed to be based in realism. And the only thing that is real in this is the characters, which is supposed to keep the story grounded. Uh, but it's set in like a cartoon world, pretty much. I think it perhaps it came out at a bad time. Mm-hmm. We were getting CGI. for like gritty superheroes yeah. that are more grounded. Well, like that's a big one too. Iron Man I mean, and the Batman Dark with Dark Knight. It did come out then. So the spirit of it was also different. But yes. I think CGI was working its way to taking over completely. I mean, yeah. if you're going to mention those movies again, mm-hmm. like The Dark Knight. I know Christopher Nolan is really proud of his practical effects, for example. Yeah. So not everyone had given over to it. Yeah. But... I think that a lot of people were against the concept, the concept of too much CGI, just because it was a principle Mm -hmm. (laughs) at that point in time, which is funny now because at this point there are plenty of movies that have just as much as Speed Racer does, Yeah. and people just accept it as a norm, but because Speed Racer did it in 2008, it wasn't cool. So that's also, why it didn't a lot of look real. Yeah. I think that's the other big thing is like they might use the same amount of CGI in movies today as they did back with Speed Racer, but for some people it just it looks more realistic. But it's like, well, that's what they're going for for that movie. They are not even attempting to make anything yeah. look like realistic. They're trying to make it look like a cartoon. I think there's, yeah, regardless like of an the anime. the style, it appeared radical 
Yes. And it doesn't now. No. I mean, people were coming off of the Star Wars prequels, which they frequently criticized for uh, having nothing but green screen. Right. So if someone was to advertise a movie by telling you it was almost nothing but green screen, it just made people think that must mean it's bad. Right. And I saw a really interesting point about Speed Racer uh, in terms of its sincerity, Mm -hmm. but also how it looks. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is that, unlike most big movies, especially adaptations, you know, like you're saying, gritty adaptations Mm -hmm. at the time, Speed Racer is not interested in um, moving itself into our world and ingratiating itself with you. Mm -hmm. It's it's more interested in making its own world and inviting you into it. Mm -hmm. So it builds this crazy cartoony land that doesn't look like real life, whereas normally, like, (laughs) with this... Very good summer for comparisons. Uh, Iron Man in particular, I would say, uh, ingratiated itself to audiences by essentially taking this superhero that most people hadn't heard of and sounded kind of weird, and then trying to ground it in our time and also make jokes about it in things. Right. So it would feel both plausible and also more realistic, and people wouldn't be as freaked out by it, basically. Right. And, you know, The Dark Knight is very... <laughs> attempting to be realistic and gritty as well. Like, both of those movies, although they're superhero movies and superhero automatically, like, suspends disbelief, they are trying to make it as plausible as possible. Like, as logical and plausible as, like, underpinned by logic with the world that they've set it in. It's hard to cast yourself back to then at this point. uh, For several years now, uh, the predominant complaint I've seen about lots of blockbusters is... Oh, they're so, you know, dull. They should have more color. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy came out, and people were like, oh, oh a superhero God, movie with color. color. Yeah. And it's hard to remember that back in 2008, people really didn't want that. No, not at, at all. At all. They were fine with... Are you trying to tell me that Speed Racer is a superhero? Because you're no, goddamn right I'm trying he to is. say he's ahead of his time. <laughs> yes, I agree with you on I that. Which I think most people who like the movie would agree with, that if it came out now, people would like it more. Yes, I agree. I think it's just, it's weird because I feel like people didn't seem to get behind the idea that they're going for a live action anime. Mm-hmm. Like, th- they're like, well, you're doing a live action speed racer. Why are you trying to make it look like a, a, an anime, a cartoon? I'm like, because it looks so fucking cool. Well, there's some s- stunning choices, I think, in, in how it's presented. Yeah. Th- they aren't even influential. I would say, in a way, speed racer has an influence on other movies. But in some of its aspects, it's just completely its own thing. Yeah, like I've never the, seen another movie like it. Yeah, the way the uh, the announcers, uh, they They, they do the wipe, transitions. They sort of wipe over the races. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen anything like that in another yeah. movie. I mean, I've seen it in anime. Yeah. And it's like a perfect Things are translation s- of constantly, that. Things um, constantly, what's the word, S- superimposed on top yeah, of each overlapping. other. Yeah, overlapping. Yeah. And, yeah. No, That's, that, like, breaks the rules, I think, of a movie making because... They tell you, you know, this is how many things should be on screen. Mm-hmm. This amount of each part of the screen should be filled. Yeah. One, you know, the the focus should be in one place. And yes. Speed Racer essentially dumps the focus in so many different areas. Yeah. And it has multiple things happening. It kind of looks like a, a comic book, like, cartoon panel. Yeah, it does. Um, aside from being, you know, a translation of an anime. But it, it's also, I don't know, it's really cool because they do a, a good job of back to things like different conversations and intercutting like the whole opening sequence of this movie is insane it's great because it's essentially what the Wachowskis like to do it's a flashback that's happening parallel to the action that's occurring on screen and so you have 
Yes, we talked about that. Speed right? is yeah. With bound. We did, yeah. And also a little bit with the Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, um, but with speed, I mean, it opens with him getting ready for a race, and they're doing a flashback of you know him as a little kid and can't concentrate. All mm. he can do is race, and even then, like him in the classroom when he starts racing his car, it is hand-drawn kid cartoon, which I think is super precious, by the way. Yeah. And it's like we are throwing you in this world, nothing held back. And then you find out, like, how devoted and, uh, you know, he is to his brother. And he just kind of puts him up on a pedestal. He's this great guy. And he's the best racer in the world. And so they set that up. They set up the whole thing with his brother Rex, you know, getting his family getting threatened. Speed meeting Trixie. Rex leaving the family to go race. Um, Rex getting his name trashed. Rex dying. Like, this is all intercut with this race. And it's introducing you to speed it's introducing you to all these other characters in the stands but it's also cutting back to their backstories mm-hmm. and it's a lot of information at once on top of the crazy visuals that they're not holding back on in terms of vibrant deep primary like cartoony colors like 60s yes. colors well, in addition to the the drawing part too mm-hmm. the yeah, traditional animation bit uh you also get the opening pretty oh, quick yeah. into the movie where they're driving down the street and you know they have the backgrounds they have in this movie that just yeah. look completely 2D and fake yeah. on purpose. And I think honestly that effect is really only prominently used like two other times because yeah. they're not usually outside in yeah. the movie. And I think maybe that being right at the start is part of what turns people off because it's the only part of the movie where I could see what people are referring to if they say like it's an eyesore. Right. Whereas the races, you know, maybe they don't look real, but like they're certainly couldn't be described as ugly. You know, they're very. There's a lot of bombastic color. Yeah. Yeah. But admittedly, that the backgrounds, which are very deliberately artificial, were probably very unsettling to a lot of people. I think. But it's, I mean, in terms of editing, it's just like I think it's incredibly tight and well done, and they're setting up a lot of story for you. But they're also they're sneakily setting up the story. And the whole arc with, like, Speed and Pops and their relationship. They're setting up, like, character arcs, but they're also setting up plot points that -hmm. are going to be really important later because they're going to reference back to it and be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, racing has always been dirty and you've just been too wholesome to really see it type of a thing. But it's great. I love that opening. It gets you pumped. It introduces you to characters. It sets up character arcs. It sets up plot points. It kind of does it all. And it is a little overwhelming, but it's just so damn entertaining, and visually, it's so interesting to look at. Overwhelming is a good. Overwhelming word. is a very it's good. A, word it's for a rush. It. It's overstuffed sometimes. Is, yeah. It's like a big piece of candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, candy-colored dream, for sure. But yeah, they do that. I love their montages. They do have quite a few montages, mm-hmm. and that kind of is informed by their style of transitions that are kind of mimicking the anime, like we were talking about, with like the heads coming in. Um, and it's cool because they they also, I, I didn't know about this until a little bit later. I had to look it up. But um, some of the people in this movie are kind of the background players, like the um, the media, like the radio hosts, the announcers and stuff. They are people who participated in the original like English dub and Speed Racer or sometimes the Japanese dub for Speed Racer um, from the original cartoon. So that's really cool. That's they, cool. they made an effort to get people from the original series both you know the the Japanese voice cast and the English voice cast, and yeah, there, which is I awesome. Didn't know that. And you will notice that um, 
in terms of world building, aside from the visual of it, it's very obvious that like there is a very international component to the racing world, mm-hmm. um, which is great because I know we've talked about before with like the Matrix, you just kind of have a a diverse cast. That's a very easy thing to do with uh, with background with, players with the sports sort of movie exactly. too, with, with teams. Yeah, but I know people have made the complaint that since this is based off of a Japanese cartoon in the 60s, I know when they initially announced, because I believe they've been trying to make like a live-action speed racer for a while. Yes, I believe so. Since like the 90s or something, with various people attached to it. But when they finally were like, hey, we're doing it, we're making it, here's the cast, I know a lot of people were upset that it was not a Japanese cast. Well, I, I don't know much about the original. Does it take place in Japan? Or is it just like a mysterious so. future speed it's kind racing of like world? An, uh, it's a full like international world. Like he goes to kind of like in the movie itself, like he goes to Fuji, he goes to like deserts, and he goes all over to these world yeah. race tracks. I think I, I think the movie just doesn't really localize itself in any particular place like yeah. that. So I do see the whitewashing argument. If it was, I mean, it is a, a Japanese cartoon. Yeah. I understand that, and I understand the disappointment with that. That being said. Although not great, I do think that the cast that they did end up picking is pretty damn good. Yeah, it's just, I mean, in this case, I don't see it as any different from, like, Martin Scorsese making The Departed about Boston or something. Right. You know, it's 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 just a westernized take on mm-hmm. Speed Racer. It is also interesting. I don't know as much about, like, the cartoon history as I would like to. But I, I do know that they were very quick to turn it around. Like, they really wanted to open it up to American markets, which is why they worked hard with the dubbing. Mm-hmm. And so they were out. There's there's a pretty short turnaround time of when it, a Speed Racer was initially released in Japan and when it was released in America. So that was kind of happening around the same time. So though it, even though it is a Japanese anime, it is one of the first things that I think a lot of Americans were introduced in terms to, like, cartoon art style like that. Mm-hmm. Um so I understand the whitewashing. I do. Yes, well, I've never heard that. Yeah. The speed racer. But I will also say that, um, and that is something we will also talk about for Cloud Atlas for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I can talk about it there. Yeah, but just something something to note. We are addressing that complaint. But uh, moving on from that. Well, um, yes, they they cast Rain. Yes. Korean pop star. Who's like huge. And um, they were might have been trying to probably trying to get some of that audience too, much mm-hmm. in the way that recent blockbusters have been yeah. catering to uh, China. Yes. A lot of the time. Yeah. With stars and uh, what was it? One of the movies had actual scenes that were not in the American European version. That were really? only in the Chinese version. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's a bit <laughs> it's interesting trend, but that's clearly I think part of what they were going for with this. And also, I believe Rain was trying to break into the Western market, so... Rain can get it. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, but I was thinking of all the teams. They're insane. Yeah, the, the crazy... Uh, I like the Viking team. Yeah, you have... So there's a variety of, like, car teams, and they don't really make their grand entrance, with a few exceptions, um, until Speed decides to sneak away from his family and race in the Crucible. Yes. Which is the same race that his brother Rex died in. Because that's the only race that has teams anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And so... Um, I don't know if we want to get into the details of the, the plot for that. No, no. Well, I would say... Just, the movie focuses on the opening race that he's yes. in. It sort of breezes over this race he loses. Yes. And then really the focus of the movie is on 
this the big, yeah, the outdoor cross country race. Yes, which is and incredibly then, dangerous off track. Yeah. And the final track race, and so that's there's only those four the, races. Yeah. And two of them are pretty short. The first two are really Yeah, short. I mean, the first one is also sort of the intro. So right. I think you don't really see. it's the last two that are the important yeah. ones. This is true. And it's fun because one of them is a track race and one of them is an insane outdoor race. Yes. And um, I don't normally get into that sort of thing, honestly, in racing movies or sports movies or cars or whatever. Mm. But for some reason, Speed Racer makes me enjoy it. Mm. Maybe but it's all the colors. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's visually very bombastic um but yeah so in 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 the crucible which is the the off-roading one um which is super dangerous and i love the commentators on it because they're like oh you know usually people play by the rules and it's like no there's a whole montage of like x-raying these people's cars being like look at all the weapons and enhancements they've made also all of them being bribed yes exactly take out speed yeah but um it's really funny because you get introduced to all these different teams, and you have the snake oilers, who are, like, my favorite. <laughs> they literally, like, some of these are ridiculous. They can throw snakes into cars. There's another team that throws, like, the, a honeycomb, the like, Vikings a bees, that like a bees, beehive. Yeah. yeah. And I just literally wrote down, bees? <laughs> um, you have, like, these ladies who, uh, something, I don't know, I don't they have, like, fox name. fur or something like yeah. that, or fo- faux fur, faux fox fur, or something along that. You've got them, you've got the snake oilers, you've got Vikings showing up, you've got these soldiers who we think are German. And they're just, they're not even dressed as Vikings, they're just straight up Vikings, yeah. apparently. Like, you see their yeah. little bribing sequence, and they're all, you know, just munching away at, at food and Yeah, there's asleep. sausages, there's beer steins, <laughs> like, it's, it's gung-ho. And They've taken it really like, far. I was like, wow, they have taken this really far, and then I looked it up, and like, these archetypes slash stereotypes are in the 60s show like you actually have the snake oiler crew in there i'm pretty sure the vikings are in there as well like this is an insane cartoon like i'm pretty sure you told me there was like a bad guy in the original yes cartoon. i have seen a little bit of and what the is show, his name and i just remember that there was a man called the car hater yeah and he was on a horse i think and he was whipping the cars to get them to stop yeah. Because he hated cars. This is the insanity of this cartoon. Some people say, like, Speed Racer is insane and the I plot wish he is was crazy. In the movie. Me too. I'm a little bummed he didn't show up. But I'm like, you know, for as crazy as Speed Racer is in terms of, like, the people that populate this world and in these particular races, it could have gone a lot crazier. You could have seen a guy whipping some cars on a horse. I'm yes, just they saying. chose to avoid the man versus car route mm. in favor of the Maybe they were uh, holding that attack up for the sequel. on corporations right? yes yeah which is definitely i think what makes it a wachowski movie other than the yes. technological advancements that they did the with sincerity the cgi and the, the cheesiness yes yeah as you say the innovation they had them on like a gimbal i think they did some really i didn't read up as much on it but there is a lot of yes. behind the scenes tech with cameras and lenses and the cgi and very just the development of the visuals itself mm. was pretty cutting edge though it, it probably doesn't look like it because it doesn't look as realistic yeah. which is kind of a bummer that it doesn't get as much credit well, it's very recognizable yeah like it's i said it's nothing i've movies. ever seen before and i think uh representative of their later movies in a way speed mm-hmm. racer is sort of the beginning i think part of why people appreciate it more now is they've made a few movies since then, mm. and their style beyond the Matrix is more apparent. I mean, you know, yeah. we talked about Viva Vendetta, but this is their first, Official their debut post Matrix movie. Yeah. And while the Matrix definitely 
in the sequels gets more into the style that they go with later, I think. Mm-hmm. It still feels like The Matrix because it's all very... The, you know, the tone of The Matrix is pretty consistent. Also, it's, the production design is pretty set in, too. Yeah, and it's just so. more moody than their other movies. And yeah. Lots of different ways. And since Bound is a similar sort of vibe, too, since it's got that noir feeling to yeah. it, I think the second era of the Wachowskis is this much more colorful, much more... Sentimental. Throwing in everything in the kitchen sink yes. approach. And now that they've done it a few times, it's a lot easier to look back at Speed Racer and not really think what a ridiculous movie who would even make that mm. and just think oh I know exactly who would make that yes. and it's the people that made Cloud Atlas and the people that made Jupiter Ascending and yeah. Sense8 and all that and so I I think it's that's that's part of the reception changing I yeah. think I agree Yeah. I think yeah one of the big things that also makes it very obviously a Wachowski movie if you get it into your head before watching the movie that the Wachowskis have had a very hard time trying to get their films either financed or produced. Even, like, before and after The Matrix, they've had a hard time doing that Mm -hmm. with studios. Like, I know they had the hardest time with Cloud Atlas. That was particularly difficult. Yeah. Um, And then even with Sense8, trying to, like, shop that around. Um, It is, with that in mind, going into this movie and seeing how um, they kind of personify like corporations yes. up against you know homegrown <laughs> you know mom literally mom and pop business yes um models well i think that's the it's a very interesting you know commentary <laughs> on corporate corporations and exploit exploiting you know i don't know smaller businesses or people who mm-hmm. there's a i think more than anything else taking speed racer Mm. and making it a story about the dangers of corporations and corrupt capitalism and all that. In the face of art, like, literally... (laughs) It's the most Wachowski move possible. Yeah, and it's so funny because it's, like, it's so obvious once it's pointed out because you literally have people telling Speed from his family, like, what you do is, like, you're an artist. You're creating art out on that track. Yeah. And it's, like, you have that and just how, you know, Speed has his whole speech about, like, this is their religion in this family. This is what they live for. They live, breathe, and die racers and cars and the corporations telling them no that's not what it's about it's about money it's like a very clear parallel to you know believing in a project or a piece of art or something that you love and hold so dear and then having some higher up who kind of controls the industry saying well we don't care if that's what you think (laughs) if it's actually all about the money Mm -hmm. um it's just really just like oh yeah this is definitely up their wheelhouse of, you know, probably what they think about big industries and corporations. And I feel like that would be a great transition into mm. talking about probably my favorite thing in the movie. Go for it. Which is Royalton. You love Royalton? I do love Royalton. He's great. Uh, he'll be my pick for MVP of this movie. All right. Roger Alam. Yes. From The Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Was great in that, only in it for like five to ten minutes. So he gets the stage mm-hmm. in Speed Racer. And he's just great. I mean, every scene he's in is wonderful. Yeah. I I love it when he listens to Speed's wonderful sob story about him and his dad racing and why racing matters to him. And then he laughs at him and calls him a chump. Yeah. And it's just the most condescending 
performance I've ever seen. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. He's just snarling. He gets it, you know? Yeah. I think really all the actors get it in the movie, but he gets it more than any of them. Yeah, I think him and John Goodman. That's true. I mean, John Goodman definitely gets it. And, I mean, we can talk We're going to talk about, about Matthew Dodd a little bit. Don't you worry, folks. Um, <laughs> but I love, I love Royalton. I think he's just great. And a large part of what makes the movie really good, because he is such a perfect villain in that he is really entertaining, but also, you know, you enjoy watching him fail. Yes. And he he smashes that ice sculpture at the end of the movie in yes, anger. Yes, he does. And no it's more just, ice cars for anyone. This is beautiful. Yeah. I really like it when you first meet him officially, and he's, you know, coming in on his helicopter and talking to... He is cloying. ...the racer family. Yeah, he's smarmy. Yes. And it's so funny because, like, you already know that he's trying to sell speed on signing a contract with his sponsorship... Um, and with his company but even like the little side stuff that he does when he's having pancakes and he's just like oh you must you know we're looking for this in yes. our subsidiary like and he won't take the recipe for free and she's like i can and yeah. susan saran's like i can give it to you for free he's like oh no 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 like everything in his life is all about money and mm. c- capitalizing it and it's so interesting because it just it's great because he's going off and trying to sell speed and trying to buy this pancake recipe from the mom and then he makes this whole spiel about oh i know you think royalton is like this huge company corporation but i want to let you know that i feel that it is like your family royalton's my family it's just as homey as yours i started in a garage i started in a basement i started below the ground up you know and you're just like okay but you're this massive corporation now so even if maybe you did start like that and your intentions might have been that which i highly doubt they were like he is so trying to intimidate them while being like no we're the same it's like no you're fucking not And, and even Pops calls him out on it. He's like, I think this is more intimidating than impressive. I think you're trying to use scare tactics, but He's whatever. It's just so wholesome. Yeah, but it's great because what I love about that sequence is it immediately off the bat, you know, even though this guy is charming and smarmy and you know he is all about business and money and winning. Um, it's not all about winning, by the way, uh, to the, the Racer family, but... Mm-hmm. It's great because he's, he's touring the facilities and you're thinking, oh, this is smarmy. But they do this really clever thing where they're actually giving you like little trinkets, little plot points hidden under that smarm. Like he's pointing out the facility and being like, oh, here is this transponder trade secret and you're like wow what a dick (laughs) but really it's like oh no this is super important information he slips in like oh we're developing this technology and the only other corporation that is you know competing with us is the mushu corporation and it's just kind of an offline and you're like oh no he's just bragging about you know the corporate side and the money they make it's like no this actually plays into the plot you just kind of lose yourself to his smarmy charm smarm charm if it were. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, this is actually brilliantly set up in terms of narrative structure. He's showing off, but he's showing off with things that are going to be super important later and kind of bring him down. Well, that's um, why well, I might. I'm going to divide this into two sections. Go but for my it. favorite scene, non racing variety mm. in the movie, yeah. which is the scene where he explains how racing works yes. to speed and the history. A, wonderful montage of how everything's been fixed with all the corporations mm-hmm. and all that that just looks very wonderful too with all the editing but it's carried by his performance and it's very similar to what we were talking about with V for Vendetta 
mm-hmm. where Hugo Weaving is in disguise and he details the whole history of the exposition of the what happened in the past in yeah. the government. And essentially, both these scenes are just straight exposition, mm-hmm. but the actors are so passionate and into it that yeah. it makes it one of the best scenes in the it's movie. It's so engaging and, and engrossing and horrifying, too. Yeah. And his performance as Royalton in that scene is just so fun to watch, and it's so slimy. But this is all really some of the only exposition you're going to need in the movie. Uh, after you know that, all you really need to know is now he has to win. Yeah. You just need that background, and he gives it all to you right there. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's great because when he gives that piece of information to Speed, it, it totally taints certain, like wonderful memories that he had in his speech before about him mm-hmm. and his dad post Rex's supposed death of them just watching this old race and as John Goodman says later something just clicked I like that he sort of retrieves it anyway you yeah. know it's still in the ending montage yeah he hasn't it hasn't been erased the happiness yeah of the it's moment. not as tainted as it was before he's able to kind of reclaim it which is nice yeah, yeah. so is that that is Royalton is your favorite character oh yes and your and that is your favorite non-racing scene yes I have we should talk about our favorite racing scenes Your and our favorite, favorite lines. We should scene. go back and forth because there are some kickers in this one. Whew, let me tell you. But um, so my favorite non-racing scene is the mountain fight scene. Oh, that's a great one. It's great. That yeah. one and then the um, the truck when they oh, yeah, first the tr- when they're threatening rain, the, mm-hmm. uh, the fixers who are um, trying to get him to lose more races because he's gotten in deep with them and um, I forgot his name in the movie. I know. I just call him Rain. I feel bad. I think him might have. No, I don't remember. I'm I know his try. sister's name's Ruka. Oh, Haruko. there you go. Haru- oh, I don't even know that. That's terrible. <laughs> anyway, um, I I love the I love. Apparently, I like the action scenes that don't deal with racing. Yeah. Um, for the the truck scene, it's great because the way that it's set up, it's like this super vibrant color of like greens and stylized like gangster office. And then it's this beautiful reveal of actually they're in the back of a truck, <laughs> and um, it's very it's a very CGI movement with the truck being chased by Racer X, which is your first introduction to him, by the way. Yes. And even though you know it's fake visually, it looks so cool with the colors that they used, and it it literally looks like a live action like comic book panel coming to life, and I love it so much. I get so hyped for it. I've also decided, I think I wrote down somewhere, that um, if I ever become a cartoon mobster, I want piranhas. It, I feel like it's a mandatory I like like, checklist. I love that they have When them. I was younger, I always thought that piranhas were going to be something to be scared of. To be worried of, you know, about in, all the in everyday life. water Yeah. Not, holes, not the case. Not as the they case. say. Yeah. yeah. I've never encountered them. No. Nor, I hope you don't. And if you do, maybe in a safe space. <laughs> yeah. But um, I love that scene because it's a really cool setup, and and just visually it's awesome. And it's actually uh, one of those tricky things where, kind of like Royalton, it's it just kind of a fun show-off scene, but it's actually incredibly important in terms of narrative because they're mm-hmm. they're setting up, you know, the whole corruption thing and the people involved in it and how they're trying to expose it. But it's played off as just like a really fun action scene. What's well, really a pretty tight movie. Yeah. There, there isn't a lot of Extraneous, nonsense, unnecessary yeah. stuff. I do think it is possibly a little too long, and that's the only other complaint I I've ever seen. I think we could cut out the, yeah, a couple of things. Yeah, but the thing is that 
I wouldn't cut any whole scenes really. It yeah, would just be like little maybe. bits because most of the actual scenes are important. Yeah. Um but I like that one and then the the mountain fight. So they're doing the crucible and the fixer who, you know, is also in the truck scene uh is going after Rain and his family and they've done this great switcheroo and this is technically like part of the race because Trixie gets in on it and I have to talk about Trixie <laughs> later. But Ignoring that portion of the race, there's a big switcheroo, and there's a big fight-out scene, and it's great because it's just kind of this this mesh of, we've got racing, we've got people that are corrupt that are trying to fight them, we've got, you know, switches and double takes, and then on top of that, you have the commentators up top being like, oh, you know, the mountain passes, they get really, they get really dangerous and nice, and there's no cameras in there, so, you know, we'll see who comes through the pass, and it's great, because they're just like, oh, we weren't expecting this team to come through the pass, something must have happened, and you're like, yes, a, a full-on fight scene happened, not with cars, everybody is parked, <laughs> um, but I love it, because I think it's the most, people, it's probably one of the most ridiculous fight scenes ever but it works because it's cartoony it's like slapstick humor and i think it's an awesome sequence because you get to highlight all these characters it's also the first time they start using the first you know inklings of the original theme song yes so i get really stoked about that part um but it's great because it's like a, a collection of the whole family working together and that's the first sequence you get to see of them doing that up until they do the you know the montage scene at the end while they're prepping the Mm-hmm. Next car, which we will talk which about. Great. Oh, I've got a quote for you. Well, um, I want to talk about yes. Racer X. Oh, let's do it. Let's Who fucking do it. Is the same person as Rex Racer, yes. as you said. Yes. <laughs> which is hard to figure out. Mm. Well, like I said in the cartoon, it is very obvious that Rex Racer is Racer X because he's always helping out Speed even though he's probably the better driver. Mm-hmm. He's always protecting speed in these races. So he's usually coming in like second. He is the Harbinger Boom. The Harbinger Boom. The greatest fucking name. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, he's so mysterious. He's though. so mysterious. And I really love that it's incredibly obvious to Racer X, mm-hmm. Speed's long lost brother. Rex Racer. But the movie does not address it for a very long time. Yeah. Until finally, right before the final act, Speed demands to know Ooh. the truth, and he takes off his mask, and, and it's like, not him. It's not him, which and is a great twist for people who are fans yes, of the show, because they're like, is, no, it's it's supposed to be him. Well, that is then revealed at the very end that it is him, but you know, he got extensive plastic surgery, mm-hmm. so he would look different, but... The fact that they leave it so long, I think, actually convinced me the first time. Like, wait a minute. Are they just going to have him not be just for the twist? Yeah. And so I was actually surprised again at the end. Really? They they convinced me when he's just like, I'm sorry, I'm not your brother, but I bet he'd be immensely proud. And you're just like, damn it, that's that's such a great twist on a twist. You know, you're right. Uh, by the end, by I the probably end, figured when it he, out. When, um, when Speed has his car stalled out and he's like, come on, listen to it. What does she need? I'm like, it's fucking Rex. Yes, I mean, he has some various comments during the final race. And I think it's pretty obvious it's, that it's he's obvious more invested really. than he would be if they weren't family. Yes. But certainly at the moment he takes off the mask, it is actually kind of surprising. It is. Even though you know there are two different actors. Yes, which I did know, I think. Yeah, but you're like, maybe he grew up. You know, they do that. Yeah, I I wasn't. I mean, I think initially when he took it off, I wasn't sure if that's what they were going for. Like, is Speed going to recognize him anyway? Yeah. Or 
I had to wait for him to be like, it's not you. Yeah. And then I knew. And you know what's great about that is before he demands an answer from Racer X, um, back when they're in the Crucible race in like the hotel, he's talking to Trixie because he's like, I think this might be my brother. And she's like, you're saying that your brother faked his own death with a different body. And she lays it all out. And you're like, yeah, that sounds freaking ridiculous. But that's actually what happened. <laughs> and you're well, like, this cartoon and, is insane. You know, and this is direct from the source material. Maybe not the plastic surgery part, but that is what happened. Well, uh, also, he, he cannot, even at the end, he cannot bring himself trivial the truth because yes. he is dedicated mm. to a life of Mystery. fighting car crime. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I will point out that I believe the the reason for him leaving the family and the movie and going on his quest and before he fakes his death, I believe is probably different than the cartoon. I think the cartoon he just accidentally destroyed a car. Yes, I don't know mad. the backstory. Yeah, but I think that's it's like probably a, that's not a as conspiracy dramatic. based. Yes. yes. Um, but but mainly, I want to talk about Matthew Fox. Yeah. Plays. Racer X, mm. and he just he takes it, what man. I will call the Eddie Redmayne role mm. of a speed racer. <laughs> this will become understandable this in a few episodes. Very apparent. <laughs> yes. Where it sounds like, even though everyone is pretty into it and knows what they're doing, mm. he is more into it. He is going for that Oscar. Like yeah, he he wants to win he that committed. Oscar for speed racer. Yeah, and I wanted him to as well. <laughs> and he says every line. Like, it is a beautiful pearl of wisdom. It is, though. How it, dare you, it He is. has never experienced anything like it as an actor. He is he is amazed to have gotten this opportunity mm. to play Racer X. Oh, my gosh. And it's I so do know, that I believe, that the Wachowskis were hoping Keanu Reeves would play Racer X. Yeah. Which, you know, also sounds oh my pretty gosh. great. How amazing would that have been? But, but Matthew Fox knocks it out of the park. Uh, he nails it. You know, I love that line when he... Uh, do you want to go back and forth? What is it when he, when, he, when he says that... He, no, he says um, to Speed, like, I sure hope that when you do win... I just I'm, hope that I'm, I'm there, there to see, to see it. it. Yeah. yeah. And he gives that grin into the camera, and you're just charmed yes. by Racer X. You know what else is really charming? Is it when he punches the yes. guy in the face? <laughs> yes, when Racer X... I'm sorry, I need to set this up properly. Yes. When one of the Vikings, after throwing a honeycomb full of bees... At speed, which does not land, (laughs) does a sort of car front flip over to reach speed, but while he's doing this, he is above Racer X's car and upside down. And uh, Racer X shoots his car up into the air and does an uppercut on the man's face while he's upside down, (laughs) and then he lands back on the ground, and then he just gives this grin almost directly into the camera. smirk and chuckle combo post punch yeah like Amazing. he's just he knows how great he is yeah and he's well, also really good at fighting ninjas yeah, i would like to say like that it. there might have been some like casual ninja murder with him where he like shoves him against the couch and his legs yes. go up and i'm like i it think looks he like... killed that guy i think he broke his <laughs> spine in half which is counter to the rest of the movie where we always make sure the crashed cars have little parachutes yeah they have little bubble bubble wrap yeah. Safety containers. Yeah. But it's funny because even with that violence, it's still like slapstick cartoon violence. Yes. Like with the ninjas. I love this movie. We were talking about bees being thrown into cars and we're talking about ninjas. Well, I think this is the other most important part we probably want to talk about, mm. which is the part where John Goodman gets the best scene of his career and throws a ninja out the window yeah. after spinning him around a bunch of times. Yes. And then, would you like 
talk about what he says. Oh, we should go back and forth on really good lines. I, I mean, think that's you should the take only this one, one that really matters to Go me. for it. Well, Trixie okay, comes okay. in. Well, I'll set the scene. Yes. <laughs> Trixie comes in and she goes, was that a ninja? And, you know, John Goodman says, more like a nonja. It's terrible passes for a ninja these days. And you're like, <laughs> uh, and you're a, a national moment, treasure, you know, sir. As you may find yourself like me, wondering what you just heard. And if it was possible, such a line could exist. But it does. It does. And what's great about that line is it makes you wonder, Jesus, Pop Racer, how many ninjas have you encountered in your lifetime? Ninjas. He was a wrestler at one point. Ninjas are a very common threat in Speed Racer world. It's true. I love it. So. They just, it's a very crazy world of good, wholesome folks and ninjas and evil corporations and Vikings and snake oilers. What's nice is that they allow everyone to participate, That's I right. think, in the racing. Yes. I agree. It doesn't matter if they're a thousand-year-old stereotype. Yes. Not so great. But again, also mainly deriving from the cartoon. Mainly. Yes. Also, de- but it's from the cartoon. Um, I think it's interesting because even though this seems like a kind of bombastic, colorful, crazy world that they've created, if you take the time to watch the behind the scenes, they worked really hard on the design of the cars. It's insane. Well, there are a lot of them. I There's a ton of them. And some of them are like futuristic designed cars that actually exist. And it's like the amount of thought that was put into this movie. Obviously, you, you don't, you're never going to pick up every detail in a movie. But once you figure out like the amount of work that went behind it on the behind the scenes production stuff, you're like, wow, they really, really made an effort here. Mm-hmm. And I think that is most evident with all the cars in the Crucible. And even in the Grand Prix, oh, yeah. it's like each car, if you were to ask one of the people who worked on this movie designing the cars, like what it does, they would probably be able to tell you, be like, oh yeah, and <laughs> it has this hidden gimbal thing here, and this has this, and this has that, and this is the reason why this car has bees, and it can be flung at you. I think, I think their purpose was pretty obvious. Mm. Distracts the, yes. the other racers. No, maybe they're like, you, need a, the you need a mid-race snack. <laughs> You look like you could use some honey. Honey's good for you. And this so you won't run out because exactly. there'll be a constant production line. Exactly. It's thoughtful, really, is what it is. But yes. I wish that that B car was in Mad Max. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, this is like a weird combo of like Mad Max and Fast and Furious yeah. movies. Although the bees have probably all died out on in acid. that movie. Yeah, that's true. Honestly, anyway, do you have any other back and forth lines that you love? I think there's one line you want to talk about that you did already mention. Which one? It involves, I'm not going to spoil it for you, it's your line. It involves tracks and the one instance of swearing. Yes. Uh, I have so many, I love so many lines in this movie. Which does take me to, honestly, the only thing I really want to cover that we haven't is just talking about the final race because it's wonderful. Well, we have to talk about, I haven't talked about my favorite character yet. Oh, yes. You should talk about Trixie. Well, that's what I'm saying. This leads to my, my favorite, one of my favorite lines. That's true. There are many. Is you have Trixie... In the helicopter, doing a classic line, because she's kind of spotting for him in the crucible. She says, move it, Speed. It's getting ugly out there. And I'm just like, I I think it's because it's in the trailer, and I watched the trailer so much as a kid that that line stuck out. And I thought, like, she is so cool. She gets her own purple helicopter and gets to fly around and, like, tell her boyfriend, like, hey, look out for this shit. And then when she actually gets to drive the car in the crucible as, like, kind of a one-two double-take switcheroo, 
she's like a badass lady and she's and and speeds being all like it's dangerous trixie and she's like why why is it dangerous for me not for you and i'm just like yes trixie yes and that's what i love about her is um she she could definitely be playing the damsel in distress you know stereotypical anime you know Mm. cartoon girlfriend of the 60s um, she definitely has those moments, you know, when they're having date night and she's being all coquettish and being <laughs> like, you know, maybe a girl would like to be reminded every now and then. He's like, I can get you a helicopter. And she's like, not what I was thinking. And in my head, I'm like, yes, I want a helicopter and I want it purple so I can fly around in it and tell you to move it. It's getting dangerous out there. It's getting ugly out there. Anyway, I really enjoy Trixie because I feel like she is just so welcomed into the into the family and isn't turned off by, you know, exploding mail coming to their house. No. She thinks it's cool beans. And I wish she had gotten to, you know, kind of have a little bit more action and drive a little bit more. But you do get to see her participate in the fight. Yep. She has no problem keeping up with speed. Um you know, they're, they're dangerous situations, but she seems to be able to get herself out of them, which, like I said, does not seem to be very typical, especially from a source material that is coming from the 60s in no, no. a cartoon. I don't think so. Um, so that's why I really enjoy her. I think she's great, and I love Christina Ricci, and her eyes are awesome. So She does have anime eyes. She does. Yes. She's great. Anyway, I thought I would throw that out there. Because oh, that's good. I think she's great, and I also think Susan Sarandon is great. I mean, she is playing yeah. kind of the I mean, stereotypical those mom. Those two are both just, like, perfect parents, so... Yes. I, I think, I, like I said, you don't really get a lot of... This is a pretty male-dominated movie. Yeah. But the women that you do have, they're not, you know... They might not be, like, the strongest female character types you've ever met, but in the context of the movie, I think they work um, really well. Mm-hmm. I mean... I don't. I don't even know how much the mom racer participates in the cartoon. I don't think it's much compared to Pops, but in in this movie, I I do believe that she gets to be a little bit more of a, you know, a champion for her son, and she yeah. has some great, she has some great lines. So, and she apparently makes really good pancakes and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> I think you can tell. But delightful. I think you can tell there's been an effort made to include. Um, any female characters that they yeah, could Yeah, I mean, you even have Heroku. She's the one that gets yeah. them into the the Grand Prix after her devious brother Rain and his father. Yeah, but you it's know. like, you know, if they're all great and, and everyone respects each other, you yeah. know, and, you know, maybe she just likes to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and uh, John Goodman likes doesn't. to make cars. Yeah. So. But I, I love that they did put Trixie in a car because yeah. I think she that's does a, go a really in the car idea. a couple times, multiple times in the show. And I think it, it was important for them to have her in the helicopter, have her in the car. Well, it's something that's nice, and I can't yeah, speak for what the original was like, or mm-hmm. if she was even involved. I agree with that, Tracy, too. Is that uh, Susan Sarandon is just as into the racing as John Goodman is, and yes. the rest of the family. And which so is nice, because, yeah. you know, that's definitely a subtler thing that might get left behind in similar movies, I think. It, there's a lot of sports movies that have women sort of being tolerant, long-suffering wife more than into yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like, no, she is part of the family business. Yeah, like she knew what she was getting into when she married John Goodman with right. his cars. A glorious mustache <laughs> and a Mario look-alike. Um, I do also like how they they color code the characters because yeah. that is also a nice homage that goes back to the 
the anime. Well, John I mean, Goodman is red. He's in red. Mom is usually in like orange or yellow. Say, yeah, citrusy. Yeah, and then um, Speed is blue. Speed is blue. Trixie's pink or red. Um, and then Royalton. Royalton's purple. purple. Surprising. <laughs> um, I think the only one. Racer X is black. Yeah, he's supposed to. I think he has a black like head mask thing in the show, but it's a white racing suit. Well, you know, he's mysterious. So yeah, he's he has mysterious. To be shadowy. He can wear the all, all the all the black. That's fine. And also stealthy. Yeah, but I do like that. I mean, you also have Speed in his classic, you know, red ascot. Yes, he does get to wear his classic. <laughs> yeah, and outfit. it works. Like he's got the. They did well, a really you know, nice job with the costuming. Work. Yeah. I mean, there's Speed Racer. There's. Fred from Scooby-Doo. Yeah. That's it. Ascots. <laughs> ascots. <laughs> they, you look great in that ascot. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, let's, I guess we should talk about the final race. Yes. Um, I mean, that's what clinches the movie right there. Yes. Well, you have the, the big reveal that Hiroku gives Speed the ticket to the Grand Prix, saying, hey, you were part of the winning team at the Crucible. I've read the rules. You're definitely in. They can't turn you away. He's like, cool. And then you get this really just like stirring, like building up moment that does happen in Wachowski movies that I really like where they're, they're doing like the gearing up montage. Yeah, they have to build a new car. Yeah. And then they're like, how, how fast did Royalton say you could do it? They're like 36. He's like, they will do it in 32. And you're like, yes, John Goodman, get it. Use your penguin <laughs> oven mitts to, <laughs> it looks like a very well, scary piece of equipment. Penguin oven mitt. Oh. The other one is something else. Okay little disappointing sorry but then it's just like it's great because you have that montage of the team the family working together to build this car and a shout out to one of our favorite loyal listeners when he saw this movie he got incredibly excited because oh no no speed's car was not going to be the mach 5 the mach 5 got slightly too beat up and what did he do he screamed, oh my god, oh my god, it's the fucking Mach 6, it's one number higher, and he was so excited, and I agree with him, it's amazing. Well, it's one number better. It's one number better, and it's just, it's just great, you just get so pumped, and it's really only one number higher, but for some reason you're like, I am in it, I am feeling it right now. It just feels like a new day. It, it's a new car, I mean, it's great. So anyway, and then Sparky, I feel like we haven't talked about Sparky that much, but he is like... Sparky gets his emotional moment. He does. Yes. He really likes cold milk, so Speed's got to get it for him. Um, (laughs) Which is what they drink to celebrate winning, by the way. Yeah, they do that in normal, like, NASCAR and stuff, and it has never appealed to me. I'm like, why do you want... Oh, yeah, that's like I know nothing about that. <laughs> yeah, that's like... I the, thought that was a really thing. weird anime You know thing. how they do, like, the... No. It sounds like a really weird anime <laughs> It thing. does. But no, you know how in, like, football, they, like, dunk people with Gatorade? Yes, because that's not gross, like milk. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you on that, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, that's their sports thing. That's their drink of choice when they want to, like, win and they have a victory. It's always cold milk for, like, NASCAR and, and race car driving. They should do something else. I agree, but the point is, Sparky gets to drink it. And the reason why he gets to drink it is because... Speed has this amazing race, and just the build-up from the montage of them being like, we have to build this car, all the way up through the actual race. Like if, like I said, if yeah. you are not invested at that point, I don't. I think it's really impressive to, to make such an exciting sequence out of a movie where you fundamentally have to know he's going to win. Oh yeah. Like obviously, his name is Speed Racer. Yeah. They're not gonna make a movie. He's a demon on wheels. Where guys. he loses. Yeah. Especially not the Wachowskis. And, yeah, it is still so exciting. It's so encouraging. Because you just want to see it happen. Yeah. 
Yes, and they play all these things in his head in the montage. Yeah. Uh, all these other quotes from characters, inspiring things from earlier in the movie, yeah. from his mom and dad, in Racer X and You even whatnot. get Royalton shouting at yeah, him there. Yeah, and it feels like something that should feel really... Redundant and shouldn't redundant, work. Yeah, it's because a good you're way like, to I literally it. just saw this scene. But it does. For some reason, it works. It might not it, work for everybody else, but a it lot works of it for is us. the music, to be honest. Agreed. Oh, that just reminded me the one thing we really need to cover, which we forgot, which is the actual best line in the movie, mm. which is delivered by Racer X. You don't get in a T180 to drive. You do it because you're driven. <laughs> And that's exactly the kind of wisdom that Matthew Fox signed that is, up for. Uh, he did a better line delivery than me, but let's just say he did it with the same amount of sincerity. <laughs> it's just like, these are these quotes and I just, think that's really what gets speed. When he's remembering, he's thinking like, oh, mom and dad love me. I've got to beat that Royalton. But then he remembers. He remembers Racer, Racer X, X said that you get into a car because you're driven. Yeah. And he thought, that's what I need to push me over the finish line. Yeah. It's great. I love it. After, in the middle of the match, exposing the cheating of the other players. With that spear hook. It's like you want that to happen as part of the plot. Not only does he win, but also Royalton is exposed. Yes. But he actually does it during the race. Yeah, it's Which is great. really impressive. It's so <laughs> great. I love it. I love the little touches to it, too. Like, you have... It's weird because, like you said, there's, like, this little sequence at the very end, like, after he's been able to restart his car because it kind of, you know, got out of whack after the spear hook, and he has to catch up, and it's just, like, you know he's going to win, but for some reason you're just, like, in it, and the media's in it, like, all the announcers are screaming, Mm -hmm. it's great, but it's funny because, like you said, there's the montage, and you have Racer X talking to him, and it's funny because it kind of indirectly, like, harkens back to the very first race that he does, where he's literally racing a ghost car, like, he's racing Rex, and he doesn't want to beat his record, he wants to keep him alive, and it's funny because it's, like, it all culminates nicely into this montage, that even though he's not harkening back to the original race, it's, like, Rex is still with him on the track kind of a thing, he just doesn't quite know it yet. And it's great because you get that, and then you get, like, the hearts and stuff. You get the one thing that slightly annoys me is when they pause the kiss <laughs> to have Spridal and Chim Chim inform them that it's for cootie-sensitive viewers should look away, which I think is what really makes it, you know, the most kids' movie that I think the Wachowskis will ever make. <laughs> and um, But you get the little hearts flashing in the background, and that harkens back to the beginning of the movie where their hearts literally popping up when Speed sees Trixie for the first time when they're little kids. And so there's all these little nice touches mm-hmm. that you might not get right away, or you might, because there's just so much going on, but despite the complaint that it's a, it might be a, a considered a thin plot or the character's not very well done, um, which I don't agree with, but I can see why people see that and read into it, um, it is actually constructed very well. They do yeah. make little nice visual cues back and forth, and I think they they did a damn good job with it. And I will, I guess we should probably talk about Speed, because we haven't talked about it. Him as a character. I think he basically just gets the job done. I would like to know that I think he's probably the equivalent to Neo, where people will say he's kind of a bland, you know, goody character. Mm-hmm. But I also think that the, the actor playing him is probably the best one for the role, in terms of what they were to, trying to go for for the film. Um, he definitely has sort of Naive, Sincerity. slightly dim, yeah. but very sincere. Yes. Racing boy. Which down. is one of my other fa- favorite lines. 
racing is all. I don't know. I don't know. I don't crap. What is it? It's. Uh, I don't remember. It's kind of convoluted line. It's something like you think you can race the car and change the world. It's like, what? I I don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> I gotta do something. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Pretty. They put it in the trailer. They did. Uh, there's a lot of great, you know, trailers. I love when he just walks into the kitchen. Yeah. And he's like looking like some sort of, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Sleepy teenager. It's just funny because it looks like such a like <laughs> a shot like that's supposed to make him look, you know, like cute maybe for the audience. But yeah. sort of like, hey family, I'm so sleepy. <laughs> like, what's everyone doing down here? I'm just here in my t shirt. <laughs> like it just makes He's me like, laugh. Hey there, superstar and you're just like, Oh, that's in front of your family. Okay. <laughs> You're all just so comfortable with each other. I don't know what it is about it. It's just something about the way it's shot and the way he's dressed. Oh, I think the line is, racing's all I, ha- I know how to do and I gotta do something. Yeah. I think that's it. Anyway, yeah, I and think you're true. right. He does a really good job of playing naive, wholesome. Um, I like him in that scene where he is talking to Royalton, where, like, you, the viewer, can obviously tell... That this is not going to play well when he's being really sincere. Yes. And yet he clearly cannot tell what's about to happen. Yes. And he's just like, oh. you know, Mr. Royalton, like, Gee whiz. Dad and I, yeah, <laughs> Dad and I used to love racing so much. Yeah. It's great. I also really love. There are some shots of um, Emil Hirschman. He is in the car, especially during the Crucible race, where he is, you know, going hard at the rattle rattlesnake guy the mm. snake oiler with his car and the wheel and just the shot there's always like an angle shot of when he's looking angry and intense where i'm like damn he looks like the cartoon that is nailing it that is the expression and i do love the shot of him i think after he wins his first race in the beginning where he jumps out of the car and he does you know the yeah. the pose that's the pose and some people are like that looks ridiculous and i'm like that is exactly what happens in the opening i've never heard that credits. opinion that's awful really yeah i read that somewhere i was like what no, guys, that is that is. It's, it's, it's cool. You can watch this movie without seeing the cartoon and enjoy it, or not enjoy it either way. And it, it it's not like watching every episode of the cartoon enriches the experience. It does help every now and then. But I think when you see certain sequences like that, you can be like, oh, they they must be paying homage to something, because that yeah. is a ridiculous shot and it looks amazing and silly and cartoony. The more this cartoony it looks, the more you're like, oh, that might be in reference to something or not. But I think the best shot mm. is the very end of the race. Yes. When the rainbows explode all over your face. Yeah, and then the red and uh, white yes. checker. Was it red? I thought it was. Oh, it is red and it's white. Red yeah. And white. The red and white of the flag, the finish line mm-hmm. thingy. It's also the tile or the yeah, floor. Yeah, the, the floor. Yeah. Uh, it it basically spins into becoming the whole screen. Yes. And it is very disorienting. If you have epilepsy, I feel like this might no, not be not a great movie. the movie for you. It's just, it's impressive. I mean, there's all these crazy flashing lights and all this stuff. Yeah, there's a and lot. And the screen basically becomes, it reminds me of, of Reloaded when Neo is flying and he's the only thing you can see because everything else is blurring Blurry, around him. Yeah. It's like the only object you can focus on anymore becomes speed right in the middle as cars are exploding behind him and there's oh, all these yeah. rainbow colors. And yet despite all this crazy stuff, it's somehow more arresting that last shot when it cuts from that to just the swirl of checkered, color, yeah. uh, checkered flag. And it just, 
is a very simple thing. It looks sort of like an optical illusion, you mm-hmm. know, and it, it always makes me feel kind of dizzy. Me too. Yeah. Usually, I'm glad it's a pretty short shot, <laughs> but uh, it's, yeah, visually it is a lot, a it's lot great. to handle. It's like an acid trip is the, the, the most common comment I've seen on this movie. It looks like an acid trip. So. It's a great movie, apparently, you know, for two reasons. Mm. For testing out your Blu-ray player and your fancy TV, and also for testing out all your drugs. Yeah. Or not. Or maybe just enjoying the movie. <laughs> Especially in com- um, combination. I think oh that's Lord. where they really... Yes. I'm reporting what I've been told, mm. you know. Lord. I can't speak to this. Same. I have watched this movie many times, though. Yeah, we've seen and it a lot times now has the same ex- effect on me no matter what pretty much yeah i always stirring. this is one of like the f- i i love watching movies but there are only a few handful that i after i finish it i immediately want to start it again like instantly rewatch and this is one of those movies where as soon as it's done i'm like that was amazing i need to watch it again immediately can we old school rewind it and just start it from the beginning or use the new can fancy chapter watching this skip movie buttons? backwards you know how, like, with the old VHSs, you would rewind yes. the tape and you could watch it? Could you imagine it with this one? That would be cool. I think you would be vomiting rainbows. <laughs> that would be amazing. But, yeah, it's uh, it's great. It does. It's long enough that I think I could remind myself you probably don't actually want to watch it twice in a row. No. Nope. But I do feel the urge yeah, I when we watch hit it. the end. I actually want to watch it again right now. And, you know, if you feel like, hey, I don't have the time to rewatch it again, just pop the trailer on. That'll get you repumped in no time. Good. It's great. Or even the last scene. Like the last part of the race. I've watched the last part of the race it's a lot. Me too. If you're ever feeling down and you want your eyeballs to be dazzled, uh, I would recommend that video. For sure. Oh, I'm trying to think. Anything any else? last thoughts? I just, I really enjoy this movie. I, I, I think that the Wachowskis did a great job of adapting it. It is the most anime thing I've ever seen that is not technically anime. And I, I think... Although it does have, you know, its flaws of it's very cheesy, very, you know, sentimental, and they are not, they're going for sincerity and seriousness at the same time, which does not always work. Um, I think mission accomplished overall. I am sad that it did not do well initially, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that it's kind of got this resurgence of fans being like, hey, you know what? This is actually a damn fine movie. Um, it, it's just, there's a lot of joy in it that it doesn't have as nearly a bleak of a tone as any of the previous movies we've covered so far. Um, There's joy in the visuals, there's joy in the storytelling and the characters, and just an insane amount of optimism and wholesomeness um, in terms of, like, the lead. And I think it's clever because you have this, you know, essentially adaptation of an anime with this crazy visual effect and yet they still managed to get across their very Wachowski theme of staying true to your art and trying to fight against a a potentially corrupt system and an industry that you love that has kind of turned away from art and maybe towards more of a a business money-making side Mm -hmm. of things so I appreciate that you have all these things going on on top of all the crazy visuals it's great I think Speed Racer is executed perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like it's exactly the movie it wants to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't think it has any lesser parts 
Which is mainly just a few of the sprite old chimp parts. Yes. That's really it. Yes. But I think it's exactly what it wants to be, and in that respect, it lives in a space where I would say only three other Wachowski products do, mm. which is Bound, The Matrix, and Cloud Atlas. The first Matrix, I mean. Yeah. Uh, and this is definitely something I imagine they're very proud of because it feels like it sprang right from their minds on to the screen. Mm-hmm. And I would also just like to say, because I didn't mention it yet, that the score is really nice. It's mm. by Michael Giacchino, yes. who is r- much bigger now and is scoring the nearest, uh, scoring the next several movies you see, probably. But he does a really good job on this one. It's one of my favorites yeah. of his. Inspiring. Mm-hmm. For sure. I love it. All right. I could go on and on about this movie, but we should probably wrap it up. What's next time? Oh, gosh. Next time, you'll be getting Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas, which... The last of their adaptations. Yes. Hopefully, podcast will not be as long as the movie. The movie is like three hours long. (laughs) So, go watch that. That's your homework, folks, if you haven't already. Uh, That one's going to be a tricky one, but I am very excited to tackle it. Mm -hmm. I think we can do it. In the meantime... I kind of want to hum the theme song, but I think we might get in trouble for that. So I will just say we will talk to you guys later. Mm Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Wachow. That's right. Wachowski. Okay. I'm done. I promise. Bye. (laughs) If you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcast, and also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook, and you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. <laughs> um, also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off.